0: A couple of fierce competitors come together in an industry changing partnership, and we've got what you need to know. Welcome to Service Calls, a podcast brought to you by Heritage Parts in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. Each week, we talk to experts and service techs to bring you the latest news and tips for use in the field. I'm Rob LaFriends, and in this episode, we're talking about that big new parts partnership, a nice machine that runs hot, and what's on your wish list for 2020. But first, let's say hello to the managing editor of Food Service Equipment Reports, Allison Resendiz. Hey, Allison. Hey, Rob. And let's start with that big industry news. Our first guest is Heritage Food Service Group Vice President of Strategic Marketing and Product Content, Eric Koenig. And Eric, this past October you guys made a big announcement that caused more than just a little ripple in the food service world when you revealed Heritage and Parts Town would merge to form one organization. So what are some of the first changes service techs can expect from this partnership?
1: Well today really, you know, the the biggest change that they're gonna see is really almost no change. You know, today we are still Heritage Parts, we're still Parts Town. We're still both very dedicated to taking care of our customers. So if you call Heritage Parts today, you're still going to be talking to the Heritage Customer Service Representative or transacting on the Heritage Parts site that you've always done so. The same with Parts Town. There are really no no changes. But behind the scenes, the the, the biggest change you're gonna see is really access to more parts. You know, so for, for service agents, the ability to get the right part at the right time with now even more quantity than ever before is, is something that right out of the gate they're going to see. But, you know, again, I want to really, really do stress. They're not going to see much of, they're not really going to see any change, you know, in the day to day of how they're, they're working with either, either company, you know, I mean, I think, uh, An opportunity like this and this is really a great opportunity to to bring these two organizations together um, take some time and you know we want to be as careful with how we bring these two organizations together because we're committed to making sure the service industry is getting everything that they've been working with us today and then tomorrow even more
0: Eric, the press statement about the partnership said there would be a series of new technologies to benefit customers. Could you give us an example?
1: We are working on launching a new technology uh, that will will be coming to market in the in the near term. You know, like all things technology, sometimes it takes a little bit more time than than we we've all anticipated. But I, what I can tell you is, is that the technology is. Geared and really focused in on on service agents and opening up opportunities for them to expand their their Customer reach, you know, it's really I, th- I think it's a real it's going to be a real opportunity for them to Revisit some markets that they they have have not visited in a while open their doors to some some potential new business as well And again, it's really about us looking for ways to help them work and expand their business while letting them focus on what they do best, which is service food service equipment.
0: That said, this is really big news in the industry, and there's a lot of talk out there about what this really means with these two you know, big companies coming together. So right now, what's the biggest misconception in the service tech world, and how can we set it straight?
1: We're gonna sound like a bit of a broken record with all this. We're really gonna continue to talk about the waters are calm. They see nothing ahead but smooth sailing, that everything that they have loved both of our organizations for, Stays the same because, you know, they are significant, you know, they're a very important piece of the food service industry to us. And, you know, we want to make sure that they're getting served the way they need to be served because it not only benefits end users, it benefits the manu- our manufacturing partners. It, you know, it, it benefits the entire industry.
0: Well, that helps a lot because I'm sure that having so many more parts available is really going to make the daily job of a service tech a lot easier. Eric, looking forward with the resources that you have now and in this social media driven world, what will you work on to bring the service tech community together?
1: So we talked a little bit about technology, technology that I can't I can't fully talk about. But the one thing I really can talk about is TechTown. And TechTown is a forum that we've relaunched dedicated to connecting service agents to the information that they need to help them do their jobs, be it a, you know, service tech in the field encountering an issue, being able to go into the forum and say, hey, you know, this is how I fixed this problem with this fryer, you know, so for other service agents out there who might encounter the same problem, we really want to create that shared information source that's going to enable them to not have to either go back to their shop or make a phone call. It's going to be at their, you know, it's going to be at their ready on their computer, or on their tablet to look for that information. You know, we're going to continue to build that out. So for service tax, if they haven't, you know, looked at TechTown, I encourage them to do so to to sign up because we're going to have some great features, some great content coming their way and it is all focused on them.
0: So it sounds like this could be a real game changer when it comes to sharing information and boosting efficiency.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, for service agents and, you know, with this podcast, Service Calls and, you know, a great partner like FER, really, we want to make sure that we're getting as much information into the hands of service techs as possible, as fast as possible. Their days are hectic. You know, they've got 10 minutes, in a, you know, from going from call to call, they've got, You know, maybe 15 minutes where they're diagnosing, you know, an an issue with a piece of equipment. How do they get to those answers fast without having to reschedule or go back or, you know, or do all of these things? And we're highly focused on making sure that we work with them, you know, work with the service community to find solutions to get that, that information in their hands. You know, so... You know, I, I would I would continue to encourage you know the service the service organizations out there the service tax if they've got if they've got questions if they've got comments to even you know send a note to to this podcast because we'd love to cover the content you know I think there's you know a lot of opportunity to just create these communities and create these opportunities to share experiences out out in the field.
0: And if you do have any questions or comments, our email is servicecalls at fermag.com. Thanks a lot, Eric. That was really great and exciting information. We're really looking forward for what's to come. That was Heritage Food Service Group Vice President of Strategic Marketing and Product Content, Eric Koenig. Next up, it's from the field and on the phone from Norwood, Massachusetts. I'm talking to Garrett Warren. He's a service tech with Joe Warren and Sons. And Garrett, you got a call about an ice machine that was running hot, probably the last thing you wanted to be doing, and most of all, making a mess. Can you tell me about what you found?
2: Yeah, so we got called out for an ice machine uh, leaking water on the floor. Um, Typical call. Um, When I arrived on site, I just take off the front panel and side panels just to investigate. And just so happens, I always put my hand on the compressor just to get a feel for it. And right off the bat, the compressor was red hot. So I kind of stopped worrying about the the condensation issue right then and there. And I knew something else was going on. So right off the bat, I killed power to the machine. I thought the compressor was going to be off on thermal overload. So I disconnected the common start and run windings off the compressor to take some ohm readings. Um, Once I disconnected those, I turned the machine back on just to clear the ice out of the evaporator. And 10 minutes later, I noticed the machine was still dropping ice um, with the leads off the common start and run terminals of the compressor.
0: And that should not be happening, right?
2: No, that kind of blew my mind for a little bit. And um, I noticed this machine had um, some remote refrigeration lines running up into the drop ceiling. So this machine had a self-contained compressor, but it did not have a condenser on it. So I figured, let me do some investigating and, and find out where the condenser is for this model. So I traced the lines back up into the drop ceiling and I saw that they tied into a large diameter liquid and suction header that it teed into. So right off the bat, I knew that this was hooked up to something um, not normal. So I ended up tracing the lines back to a mechanical room and sure enough, they led right into a parallel rack system that fed all their refrigeration units, you know, walk-in coolers, walk-in freezers, reach-ins. And it's it wasn't supposed to.
0: So can you uh, can you give me an idea? How does this happen? How do they end up tied to uh, a couple of compressors?
2: So the only thing this is all new construction around our area. Um, they're installing these parallel rack systems. I mean, it's it's good. It requires less piping, less power, less refrigerants needed. So this must have just been an oversight error on the installer. Um, when I called the factory, um, they told me that the model machine I have was supposed to just have a remote condenser, which it did. It was using the condenser off the parallel rack system, but it should not have had a compressor as well.
0: Were there any, like, safety issues with that there too? I mean, you said it was really hot. Could it have, you know, caught on fire or anything like that?
2: No, you didn't have to worry about that. Um, it just obviously damaged the little tiny compressor that was inside the ice machine. This was the, had some serious heavy-duty scrolls on the rack system. Um, so when I was talking to the guy from tech support from the factory, he was right on. He was kind of shocked that the, the suction valve didn't blow earlier on the uh, on the self-contained compressor. So this, isn't, this is something that I, I don't see every day. I've been doing this for 12 years out in the field. And I always just try and tell the younger guys coming up, you know, when you get to a service call, just take a step back, always try and visualize the big picture. You could be there for something small, like, you know, a little water on the floor and it could turn into, you know, could open a can of worms and and find out what the real problem is you know
0: so how did you fix the issue
2: so come to find out i'm not sure why they decided to go with this model um on the install but this was in a very clean sterile environment in a back corner of a corporate cafe that's only open five days a week um climate controlled environment so we just went with a self-contained head same you know same exact dimensions footprint as the head that was on top of the bin except everything was self-contained. There was compressor, the condenser, the evap was all in the ice machine. So all we had to do there was just, luckily there were ball valves on the line set going to the um, ice machine head. We just closed those. We recovered the remaining charge that was in the head of the ice machine. Once we did that, we removed the old head. We pinched off the lines that were feeding the old head, braised those shut just in case the ball valves were ever to open or anything. So everything was completely safe. We tucked those lines back up in the ceiling so they were out of the way, left a nice clean install, put the self-contained head back on, same same voltage as the head that was there. Um, and we haven't had a call on it since. The customer was happy, and that's that's been it. We haven't heard back, so that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty thorough. So what was the cause of the water then on the floor? So
2: the water was just a simple, um, the bin drain was blocked, causing the copper pipe on the bottom of the bin to sweat. And the water was just following the, the flow of the floor, and just pulling up on the side of the unit. So after we put the new head on, we, we actually emptied all the ice for them before we did put the new head on, cleaned out their bin, blew out their drain for them. Um, and that was the only issue with that. We actually put a little piece of flex on the copper drain line too, just just in case they do have any sweating issues that should help prevent that moving forward.
0: So in this segment, we hear a lot of stories about just like what you were relaying to us there. And I always like to ask, is there any advice that you have for techs who are out there and potentially running into the same problem?
2: Yeah, I would just say, just always use your senses, your eyes, your ears, your hands. Um, you know, if you if you, if you you see something really hot, a compressor, there's, there's definitely something going on there. You're gonna have to investigate a little further. Um, but use your senses before you have to start diving in. You know, feel around, the suction line should be cold. Your liquid line should be somewhat warm. Discharge line hot. Um, you know, use your nose. Do you smell anything burning? Do you smell anything electrically burning? Um, use your ears. Does the compressor sound like it's running smooth? Does Does your evaporator sound like it's being flooded? Are you getting a hissing noise at your expansion valve? You can You can learn a lot or get an idea of what a unit is doing before you have to put gauges on it. You know, check you know voltages with your meter, which is always good, but You know, just use your senses when you walk up to a unit first. You know, kind of hear it, feel around. Um, It can tell you a lot.
0: All right, good stuff. Thanks a lot. That was Garrett Warren with Joe Warren & Sons out in Massachusetts. And now it's time for our Nuts and Bolts segment. And uh, yeah, it's that time of year. So we asked you, what's your wish list for 2020? And first we go to lead service tech with Smart Care Equipment Solutions, Ryan Rosebrock. My wish list for 2020 would be to find as many resources for information and training as possible and soak them all up for 2020. The advancements in technology in the new pieces of equipment that are coming out in the commercial kitchen industry is our, it's just exponential growth and it's, it's tough to keep up with and it's can be intimidating. So I want to find as many resources, whether it's podcasts like this one, online courses, manufacturers, courses, anything, just to try to keep pace with the advancements and feel like I'm more on the cutting edge of this technology, rather than ever feeling like I'm playing from behind. Next up, we have EMR Baltimore service manager, Dennis Taman. On my wish list for 2020,
1: it would be a group of young people that are motivated, ambitious, eager to learn a trade that would turn into a career. Individuals that would like to join and help grow a high quality, service organization.
0: And we close with customer service manager for refrigerated specialist and congratulations, new member of the Safesa Board of Directors, Katie Green.
3: My wish list for 2020 definitely involves just bringing more attention and awareness to this industry. Uh, We need to really recruit hard and heavy. This younger generation, I think we do that with the scholarships that the industry has to offer. Specifically, I'll be pushing the Safesa scholarship also want to recruit more women we need more women representation out there on the service tech level not just the executive level and that's probably at the top of my list for 2020. i also want to work on just bringing the channel partners together to improve the communication with each other and i think that's going to start at the young executive level and we're going to really work on bringing them together in 2020. So that's my wish list for 2020. Recruit, 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 bring attention and awareness, and then work on communication within the industry with the channel partners because we all have the same goal. That's take care of the customer. We need to come together and do it as a team.
0: And do you have any tips or hacks to share with your fellow techs? If you do, write us an email or record a voice memo on your phone and send it along to servicecalls at fermag.com. And that's it for this episode of Service Calls, brought to you by Heritage Parts, in partnership with Food Service Equipment Reports. We'll be back next month, so be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode.
3: I'm Rob Will Friends.